Unsolicited, the podcast that gives fictional characters advice they did not ask for. I am Emily Blake. And I'm Owen Evans. Today we're discussing the titular character of The Great Gatsby, Jay Gatsby. And we're going to start with a plot summary. So, earlier than normal in our episode, let's throw that spoiler (laughs) alert out there. If you haven't read The Great Gatsby and you plan to read The Great Gatsby, (laughs) don't listen to anything we're about to say. We're going to give the whole thing away. Yes, hard pause, go do something else. The Great Gatsby is told from Nick Carraway's perspective. Nick is Gatsby's neighbor, Daisy, our female lead's cousin, and Daisy's husband, Tom's friend from college. Jay Gatsby grows up as James Gats. He's a poor kid from a farm family in the Midwest. And one day in his young adulthood, he runs into Dan Cody, who's out sailing on his yacht, and Gatsby keeps Cody from wrecking his yacht. So Cody invites Gatsby to live with him, and he lives on the yacht for several years and learns the habits of rich people and changes his name from James Gats to Jay Gatsby. During this time, Gatsby meets Daisy while he's stationed in her hometown during World War I. They form a relationship, but he has to leave to go fight in Europe in the war. Gatsby quickly gets promoted and moves to Oxford post-armistice. Just after the war, Daisy, who's been supposedly waiting for Gatsby, marries Tom Buchanan, who is a serial philanderer, and he immediately starts cheating. I mean, he's caught on the honeymoon (laughs) with a maid from the hotel. So when Gatsby comes back, he finds Daisy on her honeymoon and is devastated. Yeah, poor guy. Gatsby begins working for this shady character named Meyer Wolfshine. It's kind of subtly implied that this work probably involves some sort of booze, ferrying, that kind of business. Yeah, it's prohibition. Prohibition. So Gatsby amasses a large amount of money from this activity and sets up a mansion in West Egg, Long Island. West Egg is a part of a, a larger neighborhood. There's West Egg and East Egg. East Egg is where the people from that old money sort of lifestyle uh, find themselves. Nick, who's working in the city, decides to rent a house in West Egg also, and it happens to be right next door to Gatsby. While he's living there, he starts visiting his cousin Daisy and her husband Tom. Um, And he's introduced to Jordan Baker, who becomes his love interest through the course of the book. She is a professional golfer. She's very active and interested and involved in the community and knows everybody. Um, He also meets Tom's mistress, Myrtle, who he's been seeing for a long time. Tom has an apartment with Myrtle. He gets her a puppy. They are attached. Mm -hmm. Gatsby, next door to Nick, is in the habit of throwing huge, elaborate parties. Nick eventually wanders over and and starts participating in these parties. And at one of them, Gatsby takes him aside and, and essentially says, hey, I'd like to take you to lunch. And during the course of that lunch, he tells Nick a little bit about himself and says, hey, I want Jordan to ask you something. 
and Nick's pretty confused. He doesn't understand. Why isn't Gatsby asking him himself? Jordan asked Nick to, to host a tea party for Gatsby and Daisy. This is the impetus that allows Gatsby and Daisy to reignite their their passion for each other from before. And Daisy eventually attends one of Gatsby's lavish parties, but is is not so amused. And because of this, Gatsby stops all these activities, f- fires all his his servants and, and staff, and this, this all comes to a, a, a halt. Daisy and Gatsby continue their affair for a little while, and eventually they all end up at lunch together. Nick and Jordan and Daisy and Tom and Gatsby. And during the course of the lunch, <laughs> Daisy tells Tom about the affair, makes it really clear, hey, I'm seeing this dude who's in our house right now. And in response, <laughs> Tom loses his temper and they kind of all decide that they're going to drive into town and they, they go to Manhattan and they're driving each other's cars. So Daisy makes a big deal about who's riding with whom. Um, and Tom ends up driving Gatsby's car. Gatsby ends up driving Tom's car. They go into town. Once they're in town, they get some drinks and Gatsby demands that Daisy tell Tom that she never loved anyone but Gatsby. And Daisy can't. She's honest and she says, well, I mean, I, I loved him enough to get engaged to him. I love I only love you now, but you're not the only person I've ever loved. And they're all mad at each other. So they they drive home. But on the drive home, Daisy, who is driving with Gatsby, hits Myrtle with Gatsby's car. So this is where all things kind of start to come to a head. Myrtle's husband, George, confronts Tom about this tragic accident, and Tom throws Gatsby under the bus, who is covering for Daisy. Myrtle's husband kills Gatsby and then proceeds to commit suicide. At Gatsby's funeral, Nick is surprised when he can't he can't convince anyone to go to Gatsby's funeral and he realizes how how alone Gatsby truly was all right so all of this is a fairly complicated plot it's really quite a short book it if the mm-hmm. audiobook is only a few hours mm-hmm. it's like eight or nine chapters I think um which really are my favorite up- oh, sorry go ahead uh which really are my favorite kind of stories, you know. That I, I'm always, I'm always very en- en- entertained by the ones that that can really tell a, 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 a complicated, deep story in in a shorter amount of pages. It's it's impressive. Yeah, this really is a book where every line matters, all of them. <laughs> but it begs some big questions as well. And the first question I have for you is. How far should you go for love? Gatsby had a a relationship of only a couple of weeks with this girl (laughs) and dedicated the entire rest of his life to seducing her. Yeah. To me, that feels too far. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I I would certainly say so. Um, You know, there's you reach a point where where you, you have to take into consideration your mental health and well-being. 
um, you know, how much, how much energy and, and brain power are you devoting to this, this one thing that, that has so much control over your, over your, um, your life? Yeah. Well, and Gatsby truly has set up his entire life to seduce Daisy. He's accrued Mm -hmm. an enormous amount of wealth. He's built himself essentially a palace, this huge mansion, um, just to basically across the road from her, you know, across (laughs) the water so that she will hopefully notice him. One scene that really sticks with me, there's a scene where one of his party guests is in the library and opens his books and says, look, they're real. And none of the pages of the books have been cut. He waved his hand toward the bookshelves. About that, as a matter of fact, you needn't bother to ascertain. I ascertained they're real. The books, he nodded, absolutely real, have pages and everything. I thought they'd be nice, durable cardboard. Matter of fact, they're absolutely real. Pages and, here, let me show you. Taking our skepticism for granted, he rushed to the bookcases and returned with volume one of the Stoddard Lectures. See, he cried triumphantly, it's a bona fide piece of printed matter. It fooled me. This fellow's a regular Belasco. It's a triumph. What thoroughness. What realism. Knew when to stop, too. Didn't cut the pages. But what do you want? What do you expect? So when they bind books, it used to be that instead of a bunch of different papers and then they all sewed them in the middle, um, you take big sheets of paper and fold them and then sew the folded part. And that Mm -hmm. was how books were bound. Mm -hmm. So uncut pages are those parts that were folded, which suggests all these uncut books means he hasn't read any of the stuff in his library. <laughs> he has it there as a display of his wealth only. Yeah. You know, he's not investing in his hobbies. He's not investing in his interests. He's investing in, in an image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's also not investing in any relationships, right? No one wants to go to his funeral. He doesn't have any close friends. Um, and this is something that we see all the time in, in uh, you know people out in the the dating world it's it's you get you get so caught up in in a relationship that just everything else falls to the wayside yeah i think of it as the black hole effect um when you meet someone new and you start dating them and suddenly your entire schedule revolves around them <laughs> i think we've all been there yeah i don't think we're all proud of being there but <laughs> i think we've all been there yeah absolutely and, you know, this book really takes place kind of in the time before we had the awareness of um, stalker behavior and, and harassment that we do now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if this if this happened to me, if a guy that I dated when I was in college for like a couple of weeks <laughs> came back and and demonstrated that he had structured his entire life around impressing me i don't think i'd be flattered i think i'd be calling the police <laughs> hope i'd be calling the police yeah and so what does that say about daisy you know is she just loving the attention well i think daisy might be every bit as lonely as gatsby is yeah she does have jordan jordan's a good friend but she clearly doesn't have much of a relationship with Tom. They don't talk to each other like people who care about each other. Yeah. Um, and even her kids, she she has a daughter 
who she says, I hope she grows up to be a beautiful little fool. I woke up out of the ether with an utterly abandoned feeling and asked the nurse right away if it was a boy or a girl. She told me it was a girl, and so I turned my head away and wept. All right, I said. I'm glad it's a girl, and I hope she'll be a fool. That's the best thing a girl can be in this world. A beautiful little fool. Mm-hmm. And essentially she's she's trying to say being pretty moves you through life quickly and easily. It smooths the path. Mm-hmm. But you also have to be dumb enough to not notice how lonely it is. To not notice that it's not getting you the important things. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's my interpretation. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I don't know. I, Some someone who knows literature better than us can write in and, <laughs> and tell us exactly how wrong we are. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I totally agree. I, I think that's that's such a, a poignant line. Um, and you know, about I mean, what, when when have you ever felt lonelier than in a relationship where you didn't feel valued? You know, so true. Yeah, I I have been really fortunate to to mostly be in good relationships, but near the end of some of them. Um, I think there were moments where I was feeling like, wow, I really am not important to this person. And yeah, it's, it's painful. Mm -hmm. So So, we haven't really gotten to the central issue of the question though, which is how far should you go for love? Like where's the boundary of what's acceptable (laughs) to do for someone that you're really, really into? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a really good question. We, and this is something that we had discussed in one of our previous episodes, right? About the, the creep factor, things that, things that might seem creepy to someone might not seem so creepy if you have, if you have, um, attraction to that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation where what the other person was doing would objectively be creepy, but you were into it? (laughs) <laughs> you can also say no I don't want this on the podcast and that's fine <laughs> well um okay so yeah more thoughts about about this question so that we're talking about that hot crazy line which kind of begs the question is it is it okay for Gatsby to pursue Daisy even though she's married what do you think do you as someone outside of a relationship owe anything to the existence of a relationship or is Daisy just in the wrong? Yeah, yeah. You know, that that's a great question because there, there are a lot of factors at play here. You know, Gatsby obviously is extremely taken with Daisy and care, cares very deeply about her. And he, I think, can see that she's unhappy and is feeling unsatisfied in her marriage. So maybe there's a little bit of like a savior complex feeling kind of happening there. Hmm. Um and and you know in in those situations i i i would i would think i i would maybe say that that Gatsby went too far um and and he he should have he should have left them alone uh because you know daisy and and you know there there is context of this being a different time but but daisy is an, an independent woman that you know that that if if she is feeling unhappy and unsatisfied you know she can she can make the decision to to leave that situation um and and that's you making sorry go ahead uh well let's 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 actually talk about that and then i'll yeah you make an interesting point in in talking about 
the context of Daisy's situation. It's the 1920s. Women do have a lot more freedom and power than they have had before. But oh my gosh, women do not have a lot of freedom and power. Mm -hmm. And it's worth noting that for a lot of people during this time period, marriage was an economic decision. Mm -hmm. So women had limited career opportunities and being unmarried essentially meant that women really needed to stay with their parents and their family of origin still. Yeah. So marrying Tom gave Daisy a lot more freedom, a lot more ability to pursue her own interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do wonder how that plays into this. What do you think? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it definitely plays, plays into that, you know, because you don't get the sense that, that Daisy has, has a job. Right. I don't think she she ever Mm-mm. is working. And um, I think her job is being rich. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe she doesn't ha- have a whole lot of marketable skills. Like, I, I, I don't know. That's an assumption. But, um, you know, I, you, you would you, you would think that, yeah, um, trying trying to to make her way outside of the marriage would be extremely difficult. Um and so maybe that sort of justifies Gatsby's actions in a way. Um, but, you know, I also think for, for Gatsby himself, um, there's a, there's a point when you're dealing with heartbreak where you just have to move on, you know, you, you have to, you have to move on and find someone that's going to choose you. Right. Everyone wants to be mm-hmm. chosen by, by who they're pursuing. And that's, that's, that's an important thing. Um, and and Daisy made the conscious ch- decision not to. <laughs> well, Gatsby wasn't there. If Gatsby had been there when Tom was pursuing Daisy, do we think Daisy would have said yes to Tom? Or do we think Daisy would have gone to be with Gatsby? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. Um you know, da- Daisy is obviously... So Gatsby wasn't there when Daisy got engaged to Tom. He went off and fought in a war, and at the end of the war, he didn't come back. He went to Oxford and got at least part of a college education. And to the best of our knowledge, he didn't communicate with Daisy and tell her that he was okay or that he was alive until presumably she gets a letter right before her wedding. I was a bridesmaid. I came into her room half an hour before the bridal dinner and found her lying on her bed as lovely as the June night in her flowered dress and as drunk as a monkey. She had a bottle of Saturn in one hand and a letter in the other. Gratulate me, she muttered. Never had a drink before, but oh, how I do enjoy it. What's the matter, Daisy? I was scared, I can tell you. I've never seen a girl like that before. Here, dearies. She groped around in a wastebasket she had with her on the bed and pulled out the string of pearls. Take them downstairs and give them back to whoever they belong to. Tell them all Daisy's changed her mind. Say, Daisy's changed her mind. She began to cry. She cried and cried. I rushed out and found her mother's maid and we locked the door and got her into a cold bath. She wouldn't let go of the letter. She took it into the tub with her and squeezed it up in a wet ball and only let me leave it in the soap dish when she saw that it was coming to pieces like snow. We know that Daisy is pretty invested in being wealthy. That's that is her lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. 
But we also know that she was pretty into Gatsby, or we think she was pretty into Gatsby. Mm-hmm. So if Gatsby and Tom were standing side by side, and we have rich, wealthy Tom, who's a huge jerk, and we have Gatsby, who loves her, but is poor and doesn't really, you know, have have any status in the world, who do you think mm-hmm. she would have chosen? Yeah, so it's it's hard to tell what Daisy's type is, right? Or if she even has a type, because yeah. Gatsby and Tom are just polar opposites. You know, Tom really True. is just the worst kind of person you can imagine, you know. What a tool. <laughs> and And so, like, is she really so attracted to money that she's willing to put up with, with this guy? Or is that what she's actually attracted to? And... Or, or maybe she really does genuinely want to be with Gatsby. You know, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. Um. So do we do we think it's okay that Gatsby is pursuing her even though she's married, or do we think he's out of line there? Uh yeah. You know, I I think my response to that is um. I I I think that maybe considering the circumstances, Gabby or Gatsby was was in the right. I do. Um, I, I think, um, I think that for, for him, for himself, he should have moved on. I think you're right that he should have moved on for himself, but I also think that all forms of no mean no to me. So Mm -hmm. even if, even if the no is no, I thought there was a better opportunity and I went to pursue it like, okay. Yeah. Go check out that pathway and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um and that's not an easy answer because I th- I think that the things that trouble us most in life or the things that trouble me most in life are what ifs. Right. The so things much that are so just that it, out of reach. Yeah, and so much so that it is an intentional part of the way that I make major decisions in my life. If mm-hmm. I have two things I'm choosing between, I don't necessarily choose the one that I think is the best option. I choose the one that I think I'd wonder about if I didn't do it. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? My my first job was teaching at a Native American tribal school and was an incredible opportunity to work with, with people from that culture. I am not of, of Native descent. Um, and I'm really glad I did it. It was a really hard job. And I actually had another school call me the day I accepted, maybe the day after. And, and I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I've, I've already accepted this other job. And they called back a couple minutes later and said, are you sure you want to take that job? We can (laughs) get you out of that contract and we'd really like you to come work for us. And that job by every measurable standard was probably the better option, but I would have wondered forever what this what this other opportunity would look like because it's mm. so unlike other things that I get, I would get. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. it's so unlike other things I would get to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I, 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 I think in kind of a similar way, um, you know, I, I sort of see it as like, you know, in, in a story, in a good story, we love plot twists, you know, mm-hmm. th- that's, that's the most interesting part always. And so yeah. when I'm when I'm kind of making decisions, I sort of think from that lens, like what's gonna what's gonna be the the coolest plot twist in in my life, you know? Yeah. It's kind oh, of a fun I love way to look that. At it. What a great way to talk about it.
We're back. We're back. All right. I love your plot twist framework. And <laughs> I think according to the plot twist framework, Gatsby did the right thing pursuing Daisy. If you're looking for the plot twist, the easy answer is to go, well, she's married. I guess I'll go find someone else. But the plot twist framework is <laughs> yeah. I'm going to dedicate my entire life to getting her back. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Unfortunately, the plot twist didn't go exactly how he wanted it to, but it, it rarely <laughs> ever does. Sure. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, well, and I think one big plot twist. I think one big plot twist for Daisy is that Tom starts cheating on her right away. Yeah, yeah, she probably did not expect that. Yeah. So, in a relationship where one person is a serial cheater. Is it, do you think it's okay for the other person to stray or do you think they still owe something to that marriage? Yeah, you know, um, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of different answers about that one. Um, yeah, for sure. I, 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 you know, I definitely think that's something that's not okay. Um, but I definitely think that you also have to take the context into consideration, right? Daisy, uh, Daisy probably feels like she can't get a divorce, um, that, that she's stuck. And is this, is her actions motivated by a response to lash out at Tom? Or is that more motivated by a response of being lonely and, um, you know, uh, seeking, seeking uh, companionship? Um, and not that that makes it okay either, but it's interesting that you see her infidelity as directed at Tom rather than directed at Gatsby. Mm. Theoretically, I, th I think our author would want us to see her infidelity as a mark of, of the continuing love between Daisy and Gatsby. But uh, you're right. Daisy is essentially in an abusive relationship. Not only is Tom, not essentially, Daisy is in an abusive <laughs> relationship. Not only is Tom super open about cheating, everyone knows he's so comfortable with it that he brings his wife's cousin to a meeting with his mistress. Yeah. Right? Like, he, there is zero effort to keep any kind of secrecy here. Um, yeah. And, and he's violent too, right? Yeah, he, he breaks Myrtle's nose at one point. Yeah, I am in firmly in the anti-Tom club. I don't <laughs> like this dude. Um, and if if you're stuck in a relationship like that, because it is the 1920s, divorce isn't really an option. It's not really on the table. What do you do if you get divorced as a young woman, especially mm -hmm. as a young woman with kids in that yeah. era? Mm -hmm. I, yeah, that's that's a death sentence. Yeah, I'm very, very anti-cheating. And I also have a really hard time sentencing Daisy to a life of abuse with absolutely no recourse or option to to escape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the answer is to the question, is, is her infidelity okay? I know Tom's isn't. Like, no, dude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but I don't know if I think it's okay for Daisy to to try to build a life she enjoys if she's trapped with someone who is not what she was promised. 
Yeah. So this this gray area that that we find Daisy in, uh, you know, uh, is definitely one of the things that I think makes the novel so so enticing. Um, because on some level, I think we probably all deal with that question. Um, and, uh, and I, uh, well, maybe that's, that's a dumb thing to say. Let me, let me retract that. Well, I hope we don't all deal with the question of infidelity, <laughs> but I think we all deal with gray areas. Yes, and I yes, think that's what part I of the at. way we understand our lives is by relating to works of fiction or relating to other people's stories. We connect through story. That's a part of being human. And when we can see something in our lives and go, gosh, I know this is the right thing, but I think my circumstances might make this other thing okay. Mm -hmm. And then we can see that mirrored somewhere in fiction. Yeah, I know it's not okay to cheat. I don't believe in that ever. But what about for Daisy? Mm -hmm. I think it's really cathartic for us, Mm -hmm. or at least for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me too. Um, so the the ultimate question I think here is, um, Emily, do you think that Gatsby should have let Daisy go? I was really confident at the beginning of this of this episode that I was going to say yes, but I think over the course of the episode, I've thought a lot more about Daisy's situation and just how trapped she really is mm-hmm. um i think for his own sake gatsby should have let daisy go i have a really hard time sentencing daisy to a life without gatsby yeah. i think he's her only escape and i re- man this is becoming a theme in our podcast yeah, I, know. I keep I keep changing my mind. The The whole theme was so supposed to be giving him advice about letting people go. Um, but I think my actual advice to Gatsby is to take a good look at himself and decide whether he needs a boundary or whether he is ready to be a martyr because those really are his two options. Yeah. He he either gets to set up his entire life to protect Daisy, who incidentally, although I do want her to get out of her bad marriage, like I'm not pro Daisy either. She's kind of a scumbag. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I, I absolutely Come back agree. to me. What do you think? <laughs> I I you know, I've I've I think yeah, you know, pe- people that that are um, a- attracted. I mean, we we see this all all the time. You know, the the girl goes for the bad boy and 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 ends up in, in an abusive relationship. And and there is there is some some level of you know you you have you have to own that 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 is a choice that you made. Um, and and it's sad. And and it kind of got Daisy in this situation where yeah, you know, she, she felt trapped, like you said. Um, but you know. I I don't think I don't think that Gatsby sh- needs to you know um take on the responsibility of 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 saving her from that. I mean, you know, they 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 they've known each other for like all, all all told, yeah, like a, less than a month. And um that's just that's just too much too much to take on. Um 
And that's that's gonna that's gonna cause Gatsby some emotional harm that he maybe he'll maybe never come back from, be dealing with forever. I've certainly been in that place where you know I, I I wanted something that wasn't available to me, and that that took a really big toll on me. You know, I think this is one of the only books I love that I don't like any of the characters in. <laughs> Gatsby is objectively super creepy. Yeah. In the book, it comes across as deeply romantic and and thoughtful and he's a nice enough guy, but he's also a criminal. Um mm-hmm. he is a stalker. He's all look and no substance. He, like Gatsby kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy is wildly selfish, deeply inconsiderate of everyone else. Um not super smart. She mm-hmm. she walked into a number of situations with her eyes wide open. Um she kind of baits her husband. Like she's mm-hmm. certainly she certainly doesn't deserve to be abused as no one deserves to be abused, but she's not great. <laughs> Tom is the worst. Don't, I, oh, we've man, we could go Tom. on and on about Tom. I don't need to talk Tom. about Tom ever again. <laughs> Myrtle is, ugh, Myrtle's super entitled, um, really mean to her husband, who seems like a nice, hardworking, thoughtful dude until the end of the book mm-hmm. when he starts killing people. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Myrtle stinks. Jordan is a rich, prissy girl who... There's a whole theme in the book where she she talks about how she's a bad driver, but it's okay because she counts on everyone else to be a good driver. And like that line on its own <laughs> is enough for me to be done with Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And then Nick, our narrator is just kind of apathetic and just not sort of like, watching this he's all happen. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, he also is a bystander to numerous cases of abuse and stands by and says nothing. Mm-hmm. Um he watches a lot of affairs happen and and doesn't I don't, I'm not an advocate for getting yourself involved in other people's business exactly, but I do think that if you know someone is actively being hurt you should say something about it yeah. and mm-hmm. not just let them continue to be victimized. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of object. I have a lot of objections to these characters. <laughs> so ultimately I think, I think my final piece of advice is yeah, Gatsby, you should not only let Daisy go. None of y'all should ever hang out. You should <laughs> never talk to each other ever again. Like, go your separate ways. Find some friends who actually support you and are decent human beings and hold you to your highest self. Yeah. Um, so not Long and Island. And move the heck like. on. <laughs> so yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Get out of the the whole New York area. It is not serving you effectively. Which, to his credit, Nick does at the end of the book. He That's goes right. back home and decides, "Hey, Manhattan is not for me." So. <laughs> Good on you, Nick. There yeah. is hope for someone after all. <laughs> yeah. I think I think my piece of advice for Gatsby is ah oh, man, like get some hobbies, you know? Get something to, <laughs> to take your mind off of off of Daisy and um Yeah. 
Get yourself a <laughs> yacht, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's got enough money to to cover the take floor up fishing. Of the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take up fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Read some of your books. Gosh. Yeah. Learn an instrument. We're band directors. Yeah. It's fun. Hey. <laughs> have you heard about choir? <laughs> Well, I think we better call it a day. So should should we add in something like a little note, you know, if if you like this podcast, make sure to like like leave, leave a, or subscribe, leave a review or share with your friends. That yes. Yes, we should. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review it. Subscribe, send it to a friend or family member, especially in the early days of a podcast, it is really critical to get our work in front of as many people as possible. And we really appreciate all of our listeners. Thank you very much for spending your time with us. Gee, yay, we did another one. Unsolicited is a Salty Pup production. Music by Tristan Hurd. Publicity by Allison Biggie. Audio engineering by Robbie Rutherford. And art by Erica Peterson. Thanks also to my co-host, Owen Evans. My name is Emily Blake. Thanks for listening. <laughs>